0: Straight from Las Vegas, this is a How to Handicap podcast from Pregame.com with a focus on the NFL playoffs. I'm your host, RJ Bell, and I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, 29 years of handicapping experience being brought to the table by Marco, and Vegas runner, a genuine Las Vegas professional batter, a man that lives on his winnings. Okay, NFL playoffs, this is a key time for big betting, a lot of people love to bet the NFL, and there's a number of factors in the NFL playoffs that are very different than the regular season. And that's the first thing we need to talk about here is anything that applies to the regular season, we're not going to be touching on as much. That's a set, In a way, if it applies to the regular season and the postseason, we're not going to worry about it because we've reviewed it already with extensive conversation about the NFL. What we want to talk about is what changes during the playoffs. First off, I think the number one factor or a key factor to consider is momentum entering the playoffs. So Marco,
1: why don't you start off with that uh, concept? Well, in the NFL playoffs, I like to look at teams that had to fight their way into the playoffs. It gives them an edge going in. And unfortunately, a lot of times those teams will end up being wildcard teams. But you can make some money in the first and second rounds before they do get eliminated, and they are sharp because there was no easy passes down the stretch. You know they were maybe in a dogfight for the division title or a four-way dogfight for the uh, wild card spot, and every game was a must-win, and they've dealt with that pressure that one loss would take them out of the playoffs. So I like momentum going in as opposed a lot of times to teams that clinch early. And with those teams that clinch
0: early, that's always the catch-22. On one hand, they are seemingly the better team. But on the second hand, they coast into the playoffs oftentimes, resting their starters. And it's very difficult in the NFL to turn it on and turn it off. So one of the takeaways is we want to be very careful with the teams that coasted into the playoffs. Vegas Schreiner, what's your thoughts on this?
2: I agree. Uh, momentum's huge, and it's huge in both ways, um, whether you're going in off, off great momentum or off bad momentum, either way. Um, most of the times when, when the playoffs begin, you know, like you were saying, when teams have off, I mean, a lot of times a hot team, that could be the worst thing for them. Although, you know, getting the week off, you have time to recuperate, you have time to rest, you have time to do more game preparation. If you're running into the playoffs with momentum, it's not the best thing for you.
0: Okay, so let's talk about the buys for a minute because we all know the, the number one and number two seed get a buy and they don't play the first week. Now, clearly there's advantages there. One is injury, recuperation, time to get healthy, time to rest. Time to prep for the game, for the coaches, all advantages. Now, Vegas Schreiner, what I hear you saying is, is it can also cause a team to lose focus or lose their sharpness. Now, I would say historically that the real problem, if a team is really hot and has one week off, I don't think that's a big problem. I think a problem is that when a team cokes into the playoffs, then they have a bye. That's a double whammy. One week, hey, you have one week off during the regular season with your bye week, and people are used to that. Teams are used to that. But let's say the last two weeks or even one, you're not playing uh, your starters. Or even if you are playing them, but it's not with the same focus, the same energy, momentum, then... You add in a week or two, then a week off. It could be three weeks since the starters really were serious. I think that's a real danger zone with a bye.
2: Absolutely. I mean, and you put it perfectly. It's so difficult to turn it on and turn it off as you wish in the NFL. I mean, each and every team, each and every player is already bringing a different level of intensity to the game. So, I mean, if you coasted like RJ just said and the focus wasn't there the final two weeks because you already were knew where you were going, you knew you were going home, that the road goes through you. It's difficult like you said, then all of a sudden to turn it on, especially when you're facing a team that's coming in hot, that that's rolling, that's like a snowball effect. And
0: by definition they won last week because if uh, they had to win in week one to, to play the five team. In week exactly. Two. Okay, so I think, that's a, I think we really touched on it. Buyers are good in general. Watch teams that are coasting. If a team has momentum, they typically seem to continue that momentum. Now, there's one very specific factor to consider with the wildcard weekend, which is mostly they don't play a Monday night game typically the last week of the season. So almost every team plays on Sunday. And then you have wildcard teams playing the next Saturday. So that's only 6 days of rest. So that's something to consider, especially the road teams in those wild card games on Saturday, and especially if the road team was on the road the, the final prior week. Of the week. Season. Sure. So think about that. Week 16, you're on the road. Now you have 6 days and you got to go back on the road. That's a big scheduling
2: disadvantage that we should all keep an eye out for. Absolutely. You, you definitely want to make sure you, you know each and every team involved, what where they were last week, whether they were playing at home, whether they are playing on the road, because like you said, how much preparation time could they possibly have had for the upcoming game?
0: Agreed. Now, moving on to the next factor. Now, our first How to Handicap series uh, of podcasts dealt with the college bowls, and really we spent about half the time talking about motivation, and motivation was the key. And by the way, if you haven't listened to that, you can go to pregamepodcast.com and, and check out the Bull Motivation um, series podcast. Uh, but in the NFL, it's the opposite. Is In the playoffs, pretty much every team is 100% motivated. And what that means is motivation is not a fact. And what becomes a really key factor is statistical
1: handicapping. Marco, you want to talk on that? Well, definitely you're going to look at uh, statistical handicapping. And some of the statistical things that I like to look at in playoff time is the ability to run the ball and defense. These are two very important points in the playoffs. First, I'll talk about the ability to run the ball. And it's a big adage in the NFL that the teams that can win the game running will generally win the game straight up. That's a fact. Um, And in the NFL, looking at it to convert that to point spreads, it's always been uh, if you pick the the winner of the game, you're going to cover more than you're going to lose. The line doesn't come into play as often in the NFL as it does in the other sports. So with the ability to run, you can control the game. So let me jump in a second. So what you're saying here, as me, as a
0: listener, is that if a team, if you project a team's ability to run better than their opponent, you're saying that there's a direct correlation between that ability and winning the game.
1: Right. And uh, one of the correlations is, too, is that if you're late in the game and you have a good running game and you're nursing a lead, you can shorten the game. Uh, There's been several coaches and teams that have made histories out of that you know you know one of my you know favorite teams and not you know the data team but it's a theory is the pittsburgh steelers made you know a living in the playoffs with their running games and their ability to milk the clock in the fourth and shut the back door and another thing is when you're running the ball generally you can run the ball in any weather condition other than a monsoon playoff time you're dealing with the month of january And the teams that win in the East and have home-field advantage, and that's why it's so big to get that home-field advantage, those teams are used to playing in the cold and playing outdoors. And some of the warm-weather teams that have to come in and play a cold-weather team in the month of January, it's a huge disadvantage for them. And the running game is good. Okay, so let's think about this
0: a minute. One, in general, we think I think we all agree running is important with an NFL team. What we're saying here is... The fact that the weather is likely to be a big factor in many of these games makes makes running all the more important. And number two, with such an emphasis on winning the game, and, and that's what really matters in these playoff games, is it's not about appearance, it's not about blowouts. Teams want to win and move on, is milking the lead late is something a running game can really help you with. So that's two reasons to really focus on the ability to run as a statistical consideration. Now, Marco, you brought up defense. Let's go to Vegas Runner. Why is it that defense is even more important in the playoffs?
2: We always hear this in every sport. Defense wins. You, you win regular season games with offense, but you shut it down. You bring home trophies, championships with defense. It's been like that always for almost every sport, um, defense is going to win the championship. And, and it is the most important factor, I believe, because the, with an offense, you're not going to put up points each and every week, but you can shut a team down each and every week. I mean, there, there's a difference between the offensive side of the game and the defensive side of the game. And um, not to, to bring up teams like Marco said, but I mean, let's look back at teams like the Chicago Bears of the past when, you know, defenses like that, which told their offense... Or Baltimore, even you know later when Baltimore did did it, the years when they said, "Give us six points and we'll win the game," and your defense can do that in the playoffs, especially.
0: So jumping in, so what I'm hearing is defense is consistent. That that you got to win four games if you're if you're a wild card team or three games if you have the buy to win the super bowl and having offenses do well
2: game after game after game is difficult a defense is more consistent and if it shows up four games you'll bring home the the gold that's that's how you know, it's been done in the past, it's worked, and defense has seemed to have won the Super Bowls in the past, and I don't think it's going to change. For okay, so
0: defense running, and let's talk about one more thing about the defense, and then Marco's going to jump in here, is the weather, again, can be a key factor. Let's keep that in mind. Also with totals, and we'll be talking about totals and over and unders later, but the weather in January is key. And defense, again, passing teams oftentimes have a lot of trouble in the weather. And if a defense can shut you down without the ability to pass, now that's a key factor. So running and defense, Marco?
1: To add to the running and defense, there's another factor that is important with those two elements, if you have it, is if you're playing on the road, you've got to battle the 12th man, which is – the crowd. The best way to take a crowd out of the game is if you're on the offensive side of the ball. If you're playing on the road and you go on a long drive where you're running the ball, you know you do that to take a high-powered offense off the field. But it also quiets a crowd. You know they get bored. They're they're out because they don't yell as much on defense as they do when their team has the ball. Also, whenever you have uh, defense, if you shut down a team and you make a big you know third down sack on the road. Drive you're, gonna, sure. you're 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 going to quiet a crowd and that's you know that's key that's the neutralizer for a road team.
0: Okay, take crowd out of game. Okay, interesting. Okay, now let's move on. Good stuff so far. Um now coaching and player experience. We talked about this in the College Bowl podcast in which we said Listen, bowls are different. It's a different experience. You need coaches. You need players that's been through it. NFL playoffs, the same thing. This is the biggest stage possible. And if a coach is new to this, if a players are new to this, it's it's, it's a learning curve. And even with the great teams of the past, you've seen them knock on the door once or twice before they break through. You have to be there to know what to do in those key moments. And most of these games do come down to uh, a couple key plays. So we want to put a lot of value on coaching and player experience. Any other thoughts with that?
1: This is something that is, you know, it's, it's a sidebar, but it, it goes to coaching. And I can remember an example of a, of a situation. You talk about different things that you're not used to. Something as simple as coordinating tickets for players and family is big. I remember in the Super Bowl game, the first time Bill Cowher went, he changed it the second time they went to the Super Bowl because he was he was overwhelmed by all of the ticket requests and things that you had to oh, do. Sure. Where during the regular season, your schedule's planned out. You know for 16 weeks in advance where you're playing, who you're playing, what you're playing. The playoffs, you're you're week to week. You've got to wait to see who wins and where you're going or where you're staying and make the tickets. I agree, and, and, and that's one great
0: example, and we and there's dozens of them that that, that, that um, are dozens of little details that these teams face that if you've been through it, it's a lot easier.
2: Yeah, and definitely you want a coach that's that shown you throughout the season and throughout the past, if not even the playoffs during the regular season, that he can coach under pressure because there's going to be no more tougher pressure than they're going to face the moment they have to either – call timeout or either, you know, challenge a play, then they're going to have to in the playoffs. So you definitely want a coach that you have confidence in walking the sidelines. Okay,
0: lines. so agreed that in playoffs in general, the pressure's way up, but there's also factors even beyond pressure that are different in the playoffs in which experience helps. Okay, moving on is let's talk about turnovers. We all know that turnovers are a real Significant determining factor in who wins and who loses. Now, the question, Vegas runner, I want to ask you is: How do you look at turnovers differently during the playoffs?
2: I definitely want to know each and every team's turnover, you know, margin going in. Um, that for me is key. When you look back through the years, the team that usually wins the Super Bowl and gets to the Super Bowl are the teams that have the highest turnover ratio, the best in the NFL. All right, so
0: let's talk about that. Turnover ratio means how many times you gave it up versus Your how many times you took it away. Compared to giveaways. And if you have a
2: positive ratio, it means you've taken it away more. Exactly. So you, you definitely, you know, a lot of people might equate it to, to a luck factor, but I think it goes a little deeper than that. I mean, sure, there are a couple games that that will fall on the the luck factor of a turnover but more times than not when a team is high in the plus in the turnover ratio they're protecting the ball and they're forcing turnovers they're going after the ball there's some defenses that just know how to ball hawk just know how to get in the way of passes you know and there's some offenses there's some running backs that just can't hold on to the ball
0: okay so we're, we're i think we all agree that turnovers in any game matter But in the playoffs, because the pressure's higher and there is a tendency uh, that nervousness leads to turnovers, especially with quarterbacks. And there's a tendency in playoff games for games to be uh, the momentum to continue for extended periods. When the pressure's high and you make a big mistake... You, you can perpetuate that mistake by getting down on yourself and continuing to make more and more mistakes. In the regular season, you kind of shrug it off.
2: Shake it Think off. Think about normal
0: right. life. When the pressure's high and you make a mistake, it affects you more than when the pressure's low. So turnovers can not only affect all games, but affect these games even more because of the momentum Absolutely. swings.
1: Absolutely. Even more to that, I want to add one point to the turnover margin you're going to find that most of the teams in the playoffs are going to be on the plus side in the turnovers. Absolutely. So generally, the turnovers equate winning, winning games. Again, yeah. What I like to look is if you do have a team in the playoffs, to play devil's advocate here, that is not on the plus side on the turnover ratio, but yet still wins. To me, I can look at that team and say that that team really is... For so some good luck? Well, not the good <laughs> luck, but they've, they've been able to handle adversity. Right. And that they're they're able to overcome mistakes and still win and still get the playoffs so that whenever you are in these high pressure situations, that if something goes bad and they make a mistake, that team's more apt to be able to handle that miscue than another team that's been living large. And
0: and that and that's the thing about handicapping is it's not always gonna be a list of rules that are, are black Applying and white. And everything and 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 that is a good conversation which is turnovers on one hand could be a team does well protecting the ball does well taking away on the other hand there could be randomness to it which means not necessarily it's going to swing the other way but this team is better than maybe the record is showing so so i think there's two factors there i would really say though in the playoffs in general, I would say during the regular season, I'm more inclined to say this team's been doing poorly on turnovers. I'm going to back them because they're underrated. In the playoffs, though, so the pressure is so high, I just can't believe that, that when I, and I've watched you know hundreds of these games, um, and, and when a team starts going bad in the playoffs, they very rarely turn it around from what I've seen. You're
2: absolutely right.
0: Okay, now, let's talk about, we, we've been talking about overrated teams or underrated teams. Vegas Runner, you you believe strength of schedule can really be a telling factor about a team being under or overrated.
2: Absolutely. I've brought this into almost every podcast when I break down my weekly pick or we break down the game of the week. I always mention the strength of schedule of the team because there's no better indication of a team's true strength than knowing the level of competition they've beaten to get to the record they're at. Um, especially this late, and I mean, we're we're starting the playoffs. We already seen each and every team play 16 games, and over a 16-game season, you will have a couple lucky bounces, wins and losses this way or that way. But over the length of a season, you know, you really see how strong a team is by the level of competition they've beaten to get there. And you know, not to talk about this year's playoffs in particular but you definitely want to go back and see look at some of these teams because there you will find teams that are there because they've had the easiest schedule in the league.
0: Okay, so jumping in, the way the way to measure schedule strength and this is the common way in the NFL specifically is what was the record of the teams that, that this team plays,
2: That they faced.
0: And when you look at that strength of schedule, that can be telling, especially with a team that really turns it around, that had an easy schedule, and let's say they had three, four wins, and then all of a sudden they're in the playoffs, they might have really had such an easy schedule that it's making them overrated. All right, I, I think that's good, good feedback there for sure. Now, Vegas Runner mentioned... Our weekly podcast. We have a weekly podcast in which we talk about all the upcoming games for that week. And that's one if you just go to pregame dot com and click into the uh, podcast area, or you can just go in directly at pregamepodcast dot com and you can check that podcast out weekly. Okay, now before we move on, I want to talk about one specific factor that also talks about pressure. And this is one of my my pet theories which is a mediocre quarterback on the road. Now, on the road, we've already talked about playoffs are high pressure. Now, you've got a crowd on the road that's going to be very, very enthusiastic because this is a playoff game. Is a quarterback that's not really strong, that's shaky. I've found historically they get extra shaky in these spots on the road. And you often see a, t- a team blow up because of that crappy quarterback. So, And oftentimes you're going to have to be laying a f- you know, some points there when you have that strong home team against a crappy quarterback. But that's the games I've seen with a lot of blowouts is you got that crappy quarterback on the road that really breaks down. So I think that's a great spot. Uh, any
2: thoughts and, on that, guys? And remember, what you're saying now is that's picking a spot. I mean, you're not going to find that in every game. You're not going to find that in every round of the playoffs. It'll be particular spots, particular situations. And, you know, a lot of the things that we're covering today isn't going to, you know, cover each and every game. So the key is to find these small angles, find these situations and, you know, cash in on them. And what, RJ just touched on, you will, if you look at this year's playoffs, you will be able to spot that one quarterback, that guy that he's talking about, that's shaky on the road. And they might squeak by in the first round. They might squeak by in the wild card because of the running game or because of a turnover. But you got to keep in mind, that quarterback is shaky, and you might find your spot in the next round. And most likely
0: is if a team is a bigger underdog in the second round, the quarterback's going to have to do more. Marco made the good point early is you run more when you're winning the game. A quarterback down by 10, it's going to be difficult to come back unless there's a lot of confidence there.
1: That's the key with a a shaky quarterback. If they don't have a strong running game, that puts added pressure on him. And I've always had the adage that a good running game will make a good quarterback a great quarterback or an average quarterback a better quarterback and so again going back to the fundamentals of your handicapping look at the running game with these you know young quarterbacks
0: okay now let's go to Vegas runner and let's talk about line moves sports betting is like a market there's the stock market there's the sports betting market and the market moves during the week Vegas runner historically has done a lot of work with some of the big betting syndicates and he really understands these moves now Really narrowing in on what is different during the NFL playoffs, what do you see different about line moves during the NFL playoffs?
2: Here's the biggest thing. You're going to see more significant line moves. Um, I know that, that sounds strange because you're going to say, wait, aren't the lines in the playoffs supposed to be the sharpest? You know, this late in the season, the odds maker has a better grip of, of the team, so the line should be sharper. True. But because of public perception, because so many regular players you know, recreational players are betting these games, the lines have to be skewed towards them more than they are during the regular season. Now, why you're going to see bigger line moves is this. One, the volume increases that the sport book's handling. And number two, the limits increase. So now where your typical, you know, syndicate with each guy was able to get down three dimes, five dimes on a total, you got them same five guys at the window now getting down, you know, 11 or or 15 dimes on that same game. And that's going to move the line a lot more and a lot faster. And that's why you'll see a lot of these games. And you'll see significant moves. Three, four, five-point moves on totals, I've seen. And even three, four-point moves on the sides.
0: Okay, so let's drill down. Is What I've seen, and, and I think Vegas Runner is exactly right, is early in the week, the first couple days leading up to the games, is it's still going to be mostly sharp, wise guy money. But what happens is the public starts getting really involved later in the week, especially on game day. And what they do is they say, wow, this game opened up at one. Now it's three. Oh, my, this must be the right team. And what you get is a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon of the line move, and it's momentum. In the stock market, they talk about momentum trading. Someone will see a stock go up and say, wow, this must be a good stock. I want to get involved. If the public sees, and remember, the NFL playoffs are very public games. A lot of people don't bet during the year or bet in the playoffs. Exactly. When they see a line move, they tend to jump on, which means that you're going to see the not only the wise guy move that's the early move, but the right momentum move that happens on top of it. Because the
2: so-called the smart money is on that side.
0: Exactly. And where the real value potentially is, is playing very late, right before game time, and going against the big line move. Because remember, that line was put out by the odds makers early in the week to start with. If it's three points, three and a half points different, chances are either that lines maker was way wrong or you're getting some value playing against the line move. But you want to play it late because there's going to be a lot of momentum play with that.
1: One of the things that you guys touched upon and kind of really brushed over it, and I think it's one of the biggest factors of the playoffs, and you talked about public perception, what you have to remember is there's only four games on a weekend you know two weekends in a row and then two games everybody sees those games and the two weeks leading up to prior to the playoffs starting all the national feed games are teams with playoff implications so the public thinks they know as much as the experts because they're watching and I love whenever you have a media guy say so-and-so backed into the playoffs because now, you know, people watch and they got lucky. You know, this team blew it and this team had an opportunity to get in. They shouldn't have been there. And automatically they want to go against that team. And you get line value with those type of teams because of the public perception. Okay, and that kind of leads into
0: one of your pet theories in the playoffs, Marco, which is, and you can talk about it, but when a favor in one week doesn't do as well as you'd expect and how they do the next week. You want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, I, I like the situation. And this will come into play more in week two than in the wild card round. But if you have a team that comes out, they're a favorite, and they're just very sluggish in their, their opening playoff game, and, but they find a way to win they win ugly. That's a phrase that I love in handicapping. If you read my analysis on games whenever I write them up, you'll hear me use that phrase all the time. Because whenever you have a team that wins ugly, you always get line value because the public perception is that team was lucky to win and you're going to get a benefit on the line in the next game. But what generally happens is because that team did underperform, that gives the coach the ability to drill them the next week, he's got, you know, look, you guys almost blew it last week. He can ride them hard in practice. You get them sharp. You get them tight.
0: So you have the best of both worlds. On one hand, you got the public really involved. They're watching every game. They see a poor performance, and they think, oh, they're not as good as people think. So now the next week, the line's going to be adjusted because of that public perception. Secondly, though, you've got a team that's going to be hyper-focused because they know they almost blew it. And, and they're all really motivated, but there might be that last iota of motivation because they almost blew it the week before. That's a great spot. It's
2: a great point because now what that, line, that next week's line is based totally on public perception and not on true strength. Because what Marco's saying is they played below their capabilities the week before. So what you saw was not the product you expect to go out on the field
0: that week. All right. Now, we've been talking a lot about public perception. So, again, let's let's talk about what that means. Is In general, more people are betting the NFL playoffs than the NFL regular season, and most of those additional betters are not savvy because if they were savvy, they'd be betting during the regular season. So these are guys that are coming in just for these couple of games. Now what does that mean? It means the public teams are going to be backed more than even during the regular season. The the Dallas Cowboys, the teams that everyone seems to love, the very marquee teams. Number two is there's going to be some some basic value with unders when we talk about totals because the reality is the public hates to bet under because the whole game you're rooting against scoring, and scoring is fun to watch. And don't forget, with an under, you can lose in the first quarter, and and with an over, you can win in the first quarter. So it's it's really something where you're ne- you never have an under one till the final minute of the or till the game's over. So there's a lot of reasons that the public likes to bet over, so betting under has some value especially in public games.
1: RJ on your totals. And, and I love what you said and generally that's the I use the phrase gambler's mentality about the overs and the unders and you say that you, you never officially won the under until the, the game's final. final. Sure. But you know what? I look at the totals, and I love unders because I think there's always added value there because Vegas puts more points to the over because they know the public's going to do that just for that thinking. But the play devil's advocate, which I like to do, especially with RJ, is if you bet an under, you're winning your bet the entire time that you have the bet until you finally lose it. Okay. It's a winner from the minute you you start the bet until you finally lose it. Where an over you got to get there. You're first. never winning it until you get there. Yeah, it gets there.
0: Well, that's interesting. Maybe that's a way to try. It's almost like putting sugar on the vitamin pill so people take it. That might be a way to help people bet more unders. But I think we all know the public loves a bet over. Sure, absolutely. Because they're not thinking of it that way. But I think that's a uh, that's why you're a professional, Marco. That way you think about it. Now. Before we talk about one last big point, let's talk about a very specific point, which is the fact that these teams only care about winning, which means you're not going to have a lot of backdoor covers with big favorites in the NFL playoffs. And the reason for that is, is once a team's down by, let's say, more than two scores, is if they don't feel like they have a chance to win the game, emotionally, there's a complete deflation. And, and it's like, oh, the season's over. And, but during the regular season, a team might try to fight back to have a moral victory or a close loss. Here, there's no advantage to that. And you'll see a lot of blowouts in the playoffs. So really, the takeaway is don't bet an underdog unless you think they have a chance to win because keeping it close is never what they're looking to do. And late in the game, they're going to be as radical as they need to be to have a chance to win, which means there's better chances of blowouts or they're going to give up.
2: That's that's so true What because a, a thing that I always say, and you'll catch me saying this a lot, is I love betting underdogs because what I ask for my dog is two things. One, that he's going to give me 60 minutes of effort. And two, that all they have to do is try to keep the game close. I don't need my dog to win for me to cash a ticket. But now in the playoffs, it's a different story. And as a handicapper, I need I approach it differently as well. Because I know mentally these teams are there to do one thing, like RJ's saying, and that's to win. So when they find themselves behind at the half or behind late in the fourth quarter, even the start of fourth quarter, find themselves down two, three scores... You let down emotionally, you let down physically, and eventually three scores, turns to four, turns to five. And like RJ said, that's why more times than not in the playoffs, you'll see a lot of lopsided scores. And many times it might be the underdog blowing out the favorite. But either way, you need to go into the playoffs. You need to go in handicapping the team that's going to win the game, not the team that's going to keep it close.
0: Exactly, exactly. Okay, lastly, and this is a caution. And remember, at Pregame.com, our goal is to add... To your betting fun, and we want to make sure that you're not over betting, you're not betting games, you shouldn't be betting, is there's only a handful of NFL playoff games each week. And if you, you know, in a typical week you've got 16 games, if you've got four during a weekend of playoffs, the odds are you should be betting about only a quarter as many games. And many people want to bet every game because it's on TV. So what you need to be careful of now, hey, if you're betting fun money, that's one thing. If, you, if winning and losing is no big deal, yeah, bet it because you want to increase your enjoyment of the game. But if you're betting money that really matters to you, be cautious that you shouldn't be betting near Every game, because the linesmaker is not ever wrong every game. And it only makes sense to bet real money when you think the linesmaker is wrong.
1: You're never going to be a successful handicapper or professional better if you bet a game solely because it's on TV. You need to bet a game because you have a decided edge in that game. That's that's how I make my living, betting. And I'm, I'm sure, Vegas Runner, that's a theory that you have as well. Yeah,
2: and I'm a guy who loves volume. I mean, so I come from the school of thought where, you know, volume, 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 and eventually you grind out a profit. But when it comes to, like RJ said and Marco said, when, it come, when you get down to the playoff games and there's only a limited amount of games you could bet, you have to be more selective because let's tell it like it is. I love betting these games. You love betting these games. That's why we do what we do. And anyone listening to this loves betting the games. Um, But we're doing this to make money also. So you need to approach it the right way. And enjoy watching all the games, but bet on the ones that you feel you have an edge. And when you're looking at two point spreads and two over-unders, very rarely are you going to have the odds maker be wrong on all four so you shouldn't really have a play on everything out there
0: okay so um this this conversation will be continued in our forums, so you can go to pregame.com and click forms or go directly with pregameforums.com and we're always talking handicapping there so jump in and join in and this has been a how to handicap podcast from pregame.com on the nfl playoffs